0: My God, I am heartily sorry for offending you. And I detest all my sins. My sins. For I dread the loss of heaven and fear the pains of hell. I have known lust in my heart. And taken carnal pleasures. So many lovers. Really, it's hard to say. Few were worthy. Few have been worthy. And those who betrayed me suffered at my hands. My hands and paid. Paid with their lives. I've done terrible things to my children, my friends. My brother. Those unfortunate enough to grow close to me. I have married a man who wishes me dead and I crave the touch of another. God forgive me. I have envied and feared my own cousin. I have sought power. Satan's power. And given birth to monsters. I have murder in my heart. And I would do anything. Anything. To protect myself. And preserve my reign.
1: I am Christopher Maverick. You can call me Mav. And as always, or as usually, or as I don't know, I am once again here with my co host, Kadia Gorecki. Hey, Kadia. Hey. You welcome back. And palindrome, Hannah Lee Rogers. <laughs> hey, Hannah. Hey. And I would <laughs>
2: once again like to remind you that Hannah Lee Rogers is not palindrome.
1: Hannah and I tried to once pronounce Lee Rogers backwards, and I I just just I don't know who who care. Fine, palindrome Hannah. But see, even palindrome Hannah is not a not a palindrome. If I put the word palindrome in front of it, see, I guess you
2: gotta stop.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. gonna happen. Yeah, Hannah,
3: sorry. One day your eulogy, we're just gonna put palindrome Hannah in there.
1: Here lies <laughs> yeah. palindrome Hannah Hannah.
3: Oh, but they don't know her like her like gravestone. We can do palindrome Hannah and then do palindrome Hannah backwards.
1: Oh god. And then but, they'll see how
3: palindrome is not a palindrome, okay. but Hannah is. Okay, okay what, I'm you're lying you're... my will so you cannot <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go well, with sticky notes and vandalize it anyway. Assuming
2: well, could... that I live longer. <laughs>
1: And I'm thinking she like you. You have to like die on a year that is like the reverse of your birthday. Yes. And it's like, okay. like,
2: like <laughs> well, I did. I was born in
1: 1991.
2: Um, oh my gosh, Palindrom So you have Hannah. to live forever?
1: <laughs> yeah, or until the next 1990. I don't know how that's going to work. Good. I'm sure. We'll, I'm sure Trump will restart the da- ordering of dates any day now. So,
2: <laughs> oh, you know what? Oh, we boy. we had to actually start recording our uh, box office draft episode during the shutdown, and the shutdown is still going on. <laughs>
1: oh wow yeah Uh, we did yeah there's no government
0: (laughs) (laughs) well
3: on that note what are we here to talk about
1: yeah i don't know because so as if you if you're reading the blog you'll see i contributed to the blog and yet don't understand it at all so hannah (laughs) what's the topic
2: okay so uh this is not a smooth transition from what we were doing before but okay um so like (laughs) Four episodes ago, we spent a lot of time talking about cheesy Christmas movies that had to do with royalty, like A Christmas Prince or The Princess Witch. Or Royal Christmas, or whatever they're called, because there's like a billion of them. Mm -hmm. And like Disney princesses or the princess diaries, they're all like romanticized fairy tales where, you know, someone is secretly a princess or they marry a prince and they all live happily ever after and it's great. Which Which is is completely unrealistic.
3: It's totally more normal to actually be a princess, not a fantasy princess.
2: Mm,
0: Meghan
1: Markle and Princess Grace, and then we're done. We're going
0: to (laughs) get (laughs) it.
3: Are you suggesting that I am not, in fact, a princess, Mav?
1: Oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, if we hide a little pee under your mattress, will you feel it? Because that's the scientific test, as I understand it.
2: Um, <laughs> by the time we get around to the actual topic. Sorry, anyway. <laughs> <your problem? laughs> um, but on the other side of, like, this, like, fantasy narrative are all these historical narratives documenting queens and princesses and members of their court, particularly the British historical okay. court and they're much different than the fairy tale kind of princess narrative we like to talk about that's super fluffy. They're dark, there's a lot of precarity...
1: Ooh, school word.
2: Even if you're a woman with a lot of power, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, why do we care about these narratives? Uh, there's, you know, the favorite, which is currently the best movie in theaters out besides Spider Man and To the I was going to
1: say, like, when we were planning, there was a lot of Hannah saying the favorite, the best movie of the year. And I was just waiting for the episode so I could be like, what about Spider Man?
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I, we love, with, love the favorite. Yes. Favorite is the best movie,
2: asterisk.
1: Except Spider Man.
2: Right. That's I mean, the like, <laughs> they're, they're, they're basically the same, really, for me. And then there's, you know, Mary <laughs> Queen. <laughs> yes, yes, the favorite
3: and Spider Man are totally the same
0: <laughs> in every way. Okay, I mean, not in
3: every way. I'm talking about quality <laughs> and employment. Just <laughs> let me think. All right. Uh, I think found a very specialized Venn diagram
2: that uh, applies only to Hannah Rogers. <laughs> uh,
4: I don't guys,
1: know.
2: <laughs> guys, this is, like, not on topic at all. <laughs>
4: anyway, oh, I
1: took a it. It's not thing. like it's your first week on the show.
2: <laughs> no. Anyway, I brought someone to talk about this with us.
1: <laughs> you mean someone with actual knowledge?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah Knowledge! Because <laughs> uh,
1: I don't have any of that. I'm just going to make dumb jokes this show.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> I'm uh, going to be about as helpful, so. Well, yeah, so am I. <laughs> uh, well, you can already see the I know the I've already, You know.
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> So this is my colleague from Duke, Zoe Ackerman, and she just presented at MLA and we we'll be giving a talk at ASICS about The Favorite, which are both fancy academic y
3: conferences where we talk about books
2: a
4: lot. Yes.
1: Like this yes. show with less wearing and drinking, at least... During the day.
4: Yes. Yeah. And I go to these, instead of presenting about literature, I present about movies because that's who I am. Hey, yeah. Uh. that was cool.
1: You'll fit in well here. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my background in this area. You said you are, I assume this is part of, you're, you're an English lit student like us, correct? Correct. And this is part of your dissertation work somehow?
0: Yes.
1: <laughs>
4: yes, I work... On 18th century British literature and also contemporary film and television, mostly depictions of the 18th century, but specialize in specifically sexual violence. Uh, oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I mean- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's super well, awesome.
1: Hey. I, I I work on I'm theoretically a, a 20th century lit person who specializes in 20th century pop culture, especially sex and violence. So Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so in comic books usually. Oh cool. Um yeah. So my expertise in this area, however, is that when Hannah said that she wanted to do this show, I said, this sounds like a really good idea. And in the last 24 hours, I have seen The Favorite and watched the pilot episode of The Tudors, The Crown, and Rain, all literally in the last day. So they're all real fresh in my mind. And that's it. That's the knowledge that I'm bringing to the table here. <laughs> I've seen some other things here and there. So, but... um
3: yeah, and my expertise is not that much better other than basically I talk to Hannah and Zoe a lot.
2: <laughs> so, but I, I mean, you don't you don't necessarily need to watch more than a couple of these things to pick up on the beats of the genre, right?
1: As far as I can tell, they're all about fancy people fucking.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that, was, that yeah. seems... And lots of political intrigue and being yeah. catty. It's basically yeah. like mean girls with poofier dresses. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of some, someone is evil. And as, again, with a very small sample size that, you know, was not necessarily randomly generated. They were the things that were readily available to me. The thing that was in the movie theater right now and three things that were the top of the list on Netflix. Someone's evil and probably everyone's evil to some extent in some small way. And it's not necessarily clear who's evil and who's not. But, you know, they, um, it's very soap opera-ish.
4: Oh, of course. I mean, that's why they keep making these series mm-hmm. and movies, and why stuff like Rain is on the CW, right? Teenagers' mm-hmm. yeah. ch- preferred channel <laughs> uh, of drama and sex and misery <laughs> yeah. and superheroes. Thanks.
1: And Riverdale, the best show on television.
3: So, Zoe, <laughs> oh boy. We're not going to go on that. Oh, oh, yeah. no, yeah. oh, no.
4: Yeah.
3: Oh, no. Zoe, what did, so what was your presentation? Because you presented on the favorite, like basically right after it came out then.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was I just gave this weekend last weekend my MLA talk, but the so my entire talk was basically written about representations of rape in movies and historical 18th century movies and how times are sort of changing. But so I had the whole thing written. And then two days before the conference, I woke up in the morning with a like spark of genius. Like, oh, my God, my last two pages are going to be about the favorites. So I rewrote like. Took out a bunch from the beginning and wrote my last two pages about the favorite uh, and how it changes the representation of Mm -hmm. women, especially, but sexual violence as well and plain sex as well.
1: Uh, For for context, for listeners who might be listening to this (laughs) at any given point, the favorite came out in theaters as we record this a week ago.
0: So it's been it
1: was was early release some places, but it's been it's basically been in theaters for a week at this point. So you had just seen it, I assume.
4: Yeah, um, I've seen it four times. So, oh
1: my God.
3: yeah, I think we were <laughs> we were one one of the areas that was uh early release. I think because I went and saw it like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah it
4: was semi early release. Yeah. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
4: yeah, Like its first release in um, the US was uh, like Thanksgiving three weekend. Ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then like limited release at in mm-hmm. the middle of December, and then. It's yeah not yet even now in wide release. It
1: basically, really. was tossed on enough screens to qualify for Oscars. Right, that was. Yeah.
2: It should be on every screen, but I, you know, <laughs> if we're talking about sex and sexual violence, a lot has changed, um, even from when Rain um, was on the CW uh, to right. the mm-hmm. favorite, because I remember quitting Rain actually over. uh, uh, Rain, for those of you who don't know, is a very, 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 very fictionalized version of Mary, <laughs> Queen of Scots's life. Um, wait a minute.
1: Again- wait. Because uh, yeah, again, I'm not an expert on the time period, but you're saying there is no disco. <laughs> <laughs> because i just watched this and you know i've been to the club as it were and it really seemed a lot like
0: <laughs>
1: what happened in the pilot episode of, this show. I have
3: heard of the show i have heard of this phenomenon known as the club yeah,
1: yeah, yeah the first right. episode of 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 mary, uh, not mary of uh of, the, of rain very much has a large portion of it happening in in the club <laughs> oh my gosh i do not
4: remember that happening <laughs> i to I mean, re really, the show it's the,
1: I it's the ballroom the of the show, castle so i'm very Uh-oh.
0: confused
1: it, it's the ballroom of the castle you know but not like i mean like it very much seems like every other cw show which is they found the prettiest people in the world all of whom live in vancouver and they just said just say your name's Mary and we're just going to go with it. And it's exactly like Arrow or 100 or Riverdale. They're mm-hmm. just being pretty. There's a lot of dance scenes. They sneak off and have sex somewhere. It 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 very much was a, a, a CW show. And I mean, like,
4: what else do you really want from television? I'm totally that, okay with that. Yeah. Pretty dresses,
2: well, pretty people,
4: some the sex. The hair was
1: great. Their hair was great. Yeah. So much, so much great hair. What
2: was not so great was their portrayal of rape. Ah, I stopped Uh, watching before that scene, but I've read about it. So so Lauren McCarthy, who is the showrunner, defended it and explained her thought process. And what she said... Well, so what happens in the show? Yeah, so I'm going to get to that. So what basically happens is uh, uh, Mary is raped by a Protestant in revenge for things that Francis has done at the French court. and Okay. So
3: she's basically raped as punishment for something else. uh, mm
2: -hmm. Yes, and what the showrunner said is that the showrunner decided to do this because they looked at what Francis had done in the previous season and wanted to take him on a journey Mm -hmm. and thought that the best person (laughs) that would affect him most, the person he loves most, is his wife, Mary. So they decided that they would put her in a bad situation for not not just, not really her storyline, his storyline. Mm-hmm. And then she, you know, just talked about how, like, there was some rumors, and like historically, scholars now say that Mary was raped in her lifetime.
0: Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. and they've
2: just, but they decided to like make up this rape so they could pluck it from events from history, so they put it as historical. Mm-hmm. Um, so wait, by,
1: by him or not by him? Because
0: I'm by him. not sure.
2: So, so like the, the big like uh question of like when Mary was raped is if she was raped by her third husband mm-hmm. later on in her life, this like Protestant storyline. And it was just kind of treated as drama for the show. Um,
1: and obviously I didn't, I didn't get this far. I watched one episode, so he's not married yet for me.
2: And after that, I was just like, I'm done. I'm not watching a show that has its main character raped for just care, like as a plot point or to take someone on a journey and specifically, a
0: journey
1: a not her. So she was a, she was a, in an article and that I did about rape, I, I, I phrase it as she is essentially a bystander to the crime performed on her body. Then she, she doesn't matter at all. You're saying she's the location of the crime more so than a participant. Or the victim. Yeah, more well, more so than a victim. She because you keep you keep saying that you know it, it's right. not even about her character development. It's not about it's not about seeing her overcome her victimhood or seeing her deal with trauma or seeing her deal with tragedy. They just needed a body to do the rape on. So they so, but it's more for the, his yeah journey. for the
3: character development of like of I the, think the her character. husband.
2: Okay, yes, and and admittedly later on, like the way they deal with the aftermath could be seen as more nuanced than just. That, but it's just the reason that they chose that storyline and the fact that they did it at all, um, and why they did it, just made me want to quit. Uh,
3: Where right. in a yeah. way that could That's- have been done that was like, a, like Matt said, like about dealing with trauma, about dealing with the consequences of rape and so on. But that sounds like it's not at all. Like there was a way to have that kind of storyline in a way that isn't awful, but it sounds like you're saying that they didn't even try to do that.
2: Yep. And meanwhile, uh, you know, Mary, the now the new Mary Queen of Scots film does show her being raped um, very, very briefly by her third husband, Mm -hmm.
1: Um, which is the historically accurate one you say you're saying. Yes. Okay, Uh,
2: uh, You know, it's talked about her being ravished by him in documents. um, And yet, like is the like. The question is like, even if it's historically accurate, is it appropriate to show rape on screen? And why do we keep doing this? Mm-hmm. And The favorite seems to deal with it in a different way, which Zoe probably can talk about yes. more.
4: I mean, that's when I why I mentioned it in my presentation mm-hmm. because the favorite explicitly in the first twenty minutes, the main character played by Emma Stone, declares herself a victim of sexual assault.
1: Mm-hmm. Repeatedly, um, she says essentially doesn't right, yeah, exactly. she, she goes spoiled. into
4: yeah, sold by her father to pay for his debts um, to a German with a skinny prick, I think she says. <laughs> yeah, gambling and debt. Like, it's,
3: yeah, and At one point, she kind of basically makes it sound as though it's not just the German dude that she's sold to, but also his friends yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are
1: essentially gang raping her. That's what I got to. Yeah. She, her father lost her as a gambling debt. He lost her in like yes. a poker game or something, and yes. she became the property of some skeezy dude and a Plaything for him and his friends.
4: Yeah, and I mean, even putting that aside, like having her declare herself a victim of sexual assault mm-hmm. in the like the first minute of the film, we see her in a carriage, a packed carriage, riding right. to the palace uh, with a man masturbating to her image, her body, her sitting across from him,
0: mm-hmm.
4: uh, just pulling out a stick in the middle of this crowded carriage and pleasuring himself, mm-hmm. uh, and apparently no
3: one else like is acknowledging that this is happening. Right. Exactly.
4: So it's clear sexual abuse from the very beginning of this Mm -hmm. film, but it's treated in this very different way than any other depictions. Uh, yeah, it's comedic and it gets laughs, but it's also sort of representative of the way historical fiction and real history, uh, treat sexual abuse, right. Sort of flippantly, uh, like the thing in rain, right. To use it as something to cover up a hole in their plot or to advance the plot of the thing, uh, instead of really looking at how it impacts female characters. So when
3: you say that like the depiction of stuff of like rape and sex and sexual violence is more historically accurate, like, I guess, can you say more what, like, is it, the depictions are more historically accurate, like the you're saying the way that they treated it, or is the actual behavior itself more historically accurate?
4: Or both? I mean, I, we can't really know, of course, obviously always with the coda um, of we don't really know exactly. Gotcha. But in the favorite, it's treated in a way in which it's making this sort of joke that it is on multiple levels, right? It's a joke that's sort of reflect trying to reflect the 18th century's you know, opinions about rape, which is that it happens all the time, whatever women just get used to it. Like, it's just going to happen to you because you're a woman. And it's, it's a long time ago. And a way that history is sort of treated rape, which is, it was a long time ago, sucks for y'all, but things are different now. And then also a joke about, hey, things aren't really different now. And news stories are coming out every five minutes and people are kind of boredly ignoring it, even though these real women in our current moment are being raped like the Kavanaugh hearings or the Stanford rape victim. Mm -hmm. Uh, These stories are just kind of passing by uh, and society is like, well, sucks, but we can't do anything about it.
2: Yeah. I saw actually uh, yesterday a news article that came out that even after the surviving R Kelly documentary aired, Mm -hmm. his songs, like the cells of them rose. Oh boy. Well, yeah, like, even,
3: like, I was thinking, I was when I was preparing for the show, I was thinking about that carriage scene, because I was, like, that was, I didn't know, I purposely didn't read a lot about The Favourite, I knew, like, the basic premise of it before I went and saw it, but that, like, the fact that that was the initial scene for me in, like, what is ostensibly a historical kind of drama mm-hmm. was really surprising, and it oh, was yeah. also really interesting, because especially, the, like, I remember reacting to, it wasn't just the actual, like, on-screen masturbation, it was also... The, f- the responses of the other people in the carriage both uh-huh. seem, like, unbelievable because it's like, why wouldn't you respond to that? But then I also think about, like, oh, I've used mass transit before. Uh-huh, yeah. And, like, this is entirely believable. Sure. Like, this yeah. would happen in Chicago on the L. Totally like, on a New York you know, subway,
1: absolutely. <laughs>
3: right, like, I'm sure this has happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
1: What, what was interesting about that to me, because I, like Katya, I intentionally avoid as review, reviews as much as I can before I see it, I want to form my own opinion. Right, I right. think that that's an interesting move. You said it's, it, it is the first scene, her uh, yes. writing in the carriage. And I, it, it certainly sets you, it totally sets you for the rest of the film for people who haven't seen it, which is most people, I mean, it's not making a ton of money. And as we said, it's in relatively limited release. It is, a historical drama D. It's got comedic yeah, elements. It
3: has mm-hmm. well, it's a historical setting, but it's not
4: necessarily a historical mm, Right. Narrative. But it, no, I think it's a comedy straight up.
1: It's it's well
4: but then again, I'm yeah, I'm a specific type of viewer. <laughs> well and,
1: and, and that's the thing, it's 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 very dark and also funny and very serious at times, and it sort of tonally shifts around. Without spoilers for now, I'm sure we'll get into some momentarily, but for the character that she becomes, that scene is used to set you up to believe that she is a very specific person, that she has a very specific set, you know, kind of innocence and sweetness that. That she is above this depraved person that she is running into in into in this carriage and also gives you the impression that no one else cares. This is a world where depravity can just mm-hmm. exist. And I mean, there are children in this carriage. The carriage is packed tight. It it looks like it's a carriage that should comfortably seat about four people that eight people are in. And mm-hmm. they're they're all shoulder to shoulder. The guy's jacking off. She notices and is just sort of you know she has the the Emma Stone oh my stars and garters kind of look about her. <laughs> She's like oh, oh my. <laughs> uh, so, and and then the, uh, the uh, other people in the carriage don't even look up. They don't even notice. They mm-hmm. don't. No one cares. So it gives you the okay. This is a world where there are just disgusting dudes running around everywhere, and you're like okay, check and. This is also a world where no one cares about the disgusting dudes. And it's also a world where there is this poor, sweet, innocent girl. The world it is stacked against because of the depravity. That turns out to not quite be true.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, of course not.
1: <laughs> well, is sort of the point of the movie. But also it's 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 kind of a manipulative directing move because the way she reacts to it logistically makes no sense for the character, not just because she develops over time, she's just in a different place in her life at that point, which you'll find out 10 minutes later to where her reaction seems oddly out of character. It's more about setting the tone for the film, I think, which is sort of an odd thing if you're going to just immediately move into... I mean, 10 is minutes really later... you find out of it's,
0: character
4: I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think because so. I don't think, think it's out of character. Because part of her character, and
3: actually I think part of most of the female characters in The Favorite... Part of the point is that they're expected to be multiple people in multiple different situations. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So the fact yeah. to me that she's being she's like, I mean, the, the like Oh My Stars and Garters expression is an expression of the fact that even though she's sort of like, you know, her father like was in debt, and so basically her fortunes have basically gone more than tolerably awry, she is of what I would, I don't know how you would say it exactly, but of high birth or whatever. Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: She is a former proper lady as she, as she phrased right. it, who has, who was sold into prostitution.
3: Right. So basically like the, all oh my stars and garters is like the demonstration of, I am not a prostitute. This is not normal for where I like from the station. I su- should
1: be in mm-hmm. my problem with it though, is that she doesn't, if she's performing yeah. that for the benefit of the other people in the carriage, that makes sense. But that's a that's an it's an aside reaction. She's performing it for like that's supposed to be but her per- performing genuine. Performing
3: it for herself is also important. OK. Yeah. But
4: also it's it's the she's judging herself in every situation that she's in throughout the whole movie and adjusting mm-hmm. to whoever she needs to be. So when she first enters as a new, you know, a new maid or whatever in this in the palace, she acts super innocent because that's an easy way to get people access. to take her not seriously mm-hmm. yeah to get access but also for people to not think that she's a threat or see how smart she is mm-hmm. or whatever uh you know she's just a poor little old sweet thing <laughs> you know like someone would do in a in a yeah. movie set in the south uh so people take pity on her people are kinder to her uh they don't take her seriously mm-hmm. uh then, so i think that
3: is perfectly in line with that, that way any mistake that she makes isn't also isn't taken seriously Mm-hmm. yeah until somebody figures out that uh, actually she's a hell of a lot smarter than she gives on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's so, playing
4: into people's assumptions about her, hmm. which is the really, the way that she's absolutely brilliant as a character, but also as sort of this, like, heroine villain at the same time. Yes,
1: very much so. So I,
3: I get how—so I guess I, I understand, like, what you're saying about how— the favorite is a different portrayal of sexual assault and sexual violence, especially for this period. But I think also what you're saying is it's a different portrayal of that in general. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so how does that, cause we started with the idea of Royals. I mean, cause I mean, for I think the interesting thing about the favorite, I think why it's really useful in a conversation about movies, about royalty in general, is it's such an atypical movie about royalty, mm-hmm. I guess. So how does what you guys are talking about with sexual violence and things? Cause it, I mean, To me, it's like, it sounds like this is, to me, it's like, I imagine there's a way of telling the story in the same period that has nothing to do with royalty and nobility. Right. Well, and so why, I guess, why have the, that, the setting that it does?
4: I mean, I think taking reign as well into consideration, right. We Mm -hmm. see, and most other, almost every historical adaptation involving women or strong women, especially we see them being used sexual violence being used to make women pawns in the game of men, Mm -hmm. right? We see powerful men using women all the time as their pawns, whether it's in something like Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, where these two dudes use Elizabeth as, or the main character, Elizabeth, whatever, as a tool in order to get, you know, to fight between the pirates and the East India Company, the British, you know, evil British people. (laughs) Uh, they're using this in a fucking disney movie or in rain right where the story becomes about the king her husband Mm -hmm. in -hmm. this game of this religious game between kings and ostensibly queens but she doesn't really have anything to do with it or in something like game of thrones where we see right Sansa, the princess or you know whatever being used as a tool between Ramsey and Theon. So right? The game is between them. The the tension and this and the sadness and the you know brutality is men inflicting it upon other men via women's bodies.
1: So I agree with you on all of them except for Game of Thrones, because I just because the very in thing what makes game of thrones interesting to me where i where i argue it is i mean yes it's still a rape it's still that narrative only allows one crime to exist against uh, against women at least at that point well, in the story she's for, a pawn yeah she's i never i never, I never see her as a pawn because i don't think the game at i mean that particular game of thrones i don't think the game <laughs> there is between theon and um Ramsey's Ramsey's yeah, No now. Ramses. Both. I think that game is between like I think Theon is a pawn I mean I get the crimes being performed on Sansa, but I think Ramses is at war with Sansa there far more than he is with Theon. Theon is is a no. play toy to me in that scene. And not in that I not, mean he's not in that scene, he's but in that that arc.
4: Not in the way in which we're shown on screen. Like yeah. the actual visuality hmm. of it is we see the reaction on Theon's face yes. and that's
1: yeah, what that, we see. That,
0: but that's like, my, yeah, that's throughout. my problem
1: with it because I think that my problem with that scene has always been that I think the story is between um, Sansa and Ramsey's and they or Ramsey or, yeah, Ramsey Bolton I, I think the story's between them but I think they were my guess is they were afraid of the reaction if they spent too much time dealing with her trauma so they tried to like mitigate it by showing his which makes it worse <laughs> yeah,
4: but, well uh, they just weren't yeah. they weren't thinking about what they were doing. Right. They were, you know, sort of doing the same thing that so many other historical drama, yes. fantasy yes. dramas have done before. Uh and they didn't realize that the world is changing. Yes. Uh and that people would react really strongly and very negatively to mm-hmm. this. But also if you're considering Game of Thrones, the real game going on is actually between the Boltons and Oh no, he's my favorite Littlefinger. Because Littlefinger has sold her as a pawn to the Boltons in his bid for the Game of Thrones, for the throny throne. Mm-hmm. Uh so once even taking it if you take aside theon the theon reaction mm-hmm. it's still a woman's body being used no, no, yeah, as yeah that's,
1: that's where I was <laughs> saying I agree with that part it's just I I don't like for for I don't like diminishing Sansa's part in I mean she is certainly a victim in that scene but I think that in that arc overall I actually find it's the arc where I think she enters the game, not just that moment, but I mean that entire season is where she goes from being ditzy. She was the least capable of any of the Stark children, except for the one who doesn't know how to run in a zigzag to not get fucking shot. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Other than him, (laughs) I can't even remember his name. What is the youngest kid's name? Rickon fucking Rickon. That's name. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. But other than Rickon, she was, <laughs> up until that point. She is window dressing. She's not Aria. She's not. She's not John. Yeah, but and I look.
4: Yeah. And I, I think she becomes more in
1: that's in that arc. Not that scene. But, but that look
4: arc. what they use to make her become more. Right. Look what they did Absolutely. to make her grow up to become a player. Absolutely. And that's
2: what they do in yes. these narratives. And that's
4: what they do in these narratives. In these women have to, in order to become powerful women, to become leaders they have to have violence enacted upon their bodies. Sexually. Right? They basically uh, have to be traumatized. Yeah. yeah. Traumatized yeah actually, so like yeah. all of these queenly narratives together, we see it in something like mm-hmm. the Duchess, uh, the film with Keira Knightley and what's his name? Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> uh, we, we see it even in Marie Antoinette. Like we see it in almost every narrative yeah. about women in power and like especially monarchs. Mm-hmm. Um, The Queen is one of the rare examples, but it's also really recent and, you know, exists in an area where we are a little bit more conscientious. And also, we know that if Queen Elizabeth, if we showed a Queen, like a scene of Queen Elizabeth II being raped, there would be many, many letters to the BBC and possibly (laughs) some chopped off heads. Uh, So,
1: Can she still chop people's heads off?
4: Oh, I bet she can. She can do whatever she wants. She's fucking 90-something years old.
2: She was a Bond girl. She can do anything. Yeah, she at this point, <laughs> she's just like... She's like, fuck everything. But, yeah. I can do what I want. <laughs> she can do what
4: she wants.
2: To kind of go back to sort of pre-Game of Thrones, uh, mm-hmm. we were talking about... Well, actually, I guess it is actually all about the Game of Thrones because it's mm-hmm. well, political maneuvering behind the scenes that we see in all of these narratives from the White Queen to... Rain, even though rain is dumb, to <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was so dumb. But it's the one. I'm just because like it's dumb, it doesn't.
2: It doesn't mean
4: it's not also fun. because no, no. before the rape parts, it's really fun. Yeah. yeah,
2: I mean, who who doesn't like disco with their royals? Um, <laughs> you know, even like you know, Mary Queen of Scots, which I think I'm the only one here who's seen it. You know, really just kind of posits the mm. idea of sisterhood as mm. really central, important, and it it's a messy film and introduces a lot of interesting ideas that don't always get fulfilled. Um, and it's ambivalent on the idea of sisterhood because at the beginning, Mary is very optimistic and open and talks to her ladies' maids and forms friendships. And, and what, like even though she like is trying to negotiate with Elizabeth in England, she you know wants to have a sort of sisterhood with her cousin. And right, right. then by the end, she realizes that uh, sorry, spoilers. Um, that uh, <laughs> I mean, historical spoilers. You know, it's spoilers that, uh, where something uh, can
1: happen a couple hundred years ago. Sure, she says
2: she says a queen can have no sisters, and mm-hmm. because you know she has, she's all alone. And then on the other hand, Elizabeth in England, her arc throughout the movie is she spends so much time trying to be a man because that's mm-hmm. what she feels she has to be in order to maintain her power, and she she says. I am more man than woman now at the end, um, which, you know, when yeah. you think of Darth Vader, I am more machine. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Oh, my God. you, you
3: I love, love this. Um, but <laughs> Darth, so Darth Vader is now a British queen. Yes. I am so into I mean, that. Actually, I would so watch that movie. Was. Like, all right. No, I buy it. Darth Vader is so, a British queen. I
2: guess. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, the favorite is about three powerful women who are all very interesting in their own ways. And yet there seems to be... be- like a lack of ability to form some sort of hopeful. Well, they're all, they're all yeah. in competition. Yeah. 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 In, community. in one way you, or another.
4: I mean, and if you think about that line in Mary Queen of Scots, which I have not seen, but like when Mary Queen of Scots says, uh, you know, a queen can have no sisters, and we think about Queen Elizabeth, we know what happened with her sister. Her sister treated her like shit and was a complete fucking psycho bitch. Um uh, <laughs> And A the accurate term. Yeah, his, right, exactly. You'll see that in the history books. That, 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 that's,
1: <laughs> that's also basically that that moment is the end of, you know, my favorite episode of Rain, which I is the only one I've seen. <laughs> but the pilot, the pilot ends with Mary's ladies-in-waiting rejecting her as in the same way, you know, but, but we're friends. We're not friends. We are your subjects. And the same
0: mm-hmm. sort
1: of thing. And okay. There is a natural In order to be, in addition to the trauma, in order to be the strong leader, the female queen needs to be essentially isolated from womanhood other than that. You know, she can she she has to be alone to be exceptional.
3: Right. And this I mean, that's well, because the normal expectation for women was to be subservient to a man. The entire job of the queen is to be subservient to nobody.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: So she can't like. So, yeah. So she can't be a normal woman of that period. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: And the favorite shows us why that's so dangerous mm-hmm. because even as queen, you can be manipulated by people. If you choose to love them and the people you choose to make your favorite, uh, even if it's not real love. Uh,
3: but see, that was one of the things that I was kind of curious about you guys' take on, because I thought it was interesting that like, that's also a narrative about a monarch that I don't think we would ever see done to a king. What do you mean? Oh, like, of course. Well, well, well it? Like, I can't imagine, like, I guess it's like, I, can't, I, I have, I have difficulty imagining the same movie being made in the same way where basically the queen was the king.
0: I'm
4: trying to imagine. I think I remember there being a movie. I don't remember. Cause I've seen so fucking many of these, Okay, uh, but I think there is one where the king is being manipulated maybe not by well not by favorites but by like some other maybe it was. maybe it's in the movie there's a movie called the magnus of king mm-hmm. george which is about king george the yeah. third mm-hmm. um, and i think his physicians are the ones mm-hmm. kind of manipulating him and maybe some courtiers or something yeah that's. But i guess specifically the idea of like the i guess the manip- i wasn't like sexual manipulation. There are a lot of movies.
1: Specifically
3: sexual, like romantic manipulation. There
1: are a lot of movies. There are a lot of movies about incompetent kings who are actually ruled by the evil, you know, prime minister or the evil, somebody, somebody else. Mm. Um, often by the evil queen. I mean it, it, again Game of Thrones is that, right? Like Cersei right, no matter who right. no matter who's I mean, on the throne be it her husband or her son or whoever Cersei is all about, you know, she's always the powerhouse behind whoever is on the iron throne at that at that moment. So that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is it usually sexual? I mean, I I'm trying I cannot think of one where it's homosexual yeah, uh, well, in manipulation. Heterosexual, I even think manipulation. Of-
2: heterosexually, the white queen, Emily admittedly- like, so the pilot episode for that, uh, it focuses on the reward of the roses and, uh, King Edward and Elizabeth. And in the pilot, Emily, it's, it's like maybe supposed to be like love at first sight, but he, mm. he tries to seduce. I mean, it, it's really, again, one of these like love and rape collapsing narratives. Mm. Right. You know, he supposedly like, Claims like to like want her and it, it looks kind of like they're in love, but maybe not. And he he tries to like have sex with her, and she says no, and he keeps going, and then she threatens to kill herself, so uh, he uh-huh. stops. Uh, which so sounds good. very similar to uh, Pamela. Yes. Um,
0: yeah, the old
4: uh, the old I'm gonna kill myself trick. <laughs> uh stop sexual violence.
2: Yay. But, but then because she refuses to be his mistress, he decides to marry her and she gains power that way. Which That's the narrative, I can think, that's the closest to sexual manipulation. I guess, like, also like, narratives about Henry VIII. His periods are so much weirder than mine. Well, this is not my period. That's because,
4: that's <laughs> because fucking true. Queen Elizabeth II has been queen your whole period, basically, because she's been queen for 10,000 years.
3: <laughs> also, I mean, he- even aside from royals, I'm just like, I'm trying to my head around all these things yeah, i'm just but, like i can't so aliens it's so if,
2: much easier to deal
4: with
1: i read funny so books like for a living
4: that, right? yeah i'm imagining if i'm really thinking that probably the reason we don't see these narratives ever mm-hmm. or this type of the favorite style narrative is because there just aren't that many female rulers like you know That's even true. rain is about mary queen of scots the movie fucking mary queen of scots every movie about elizabeth the first, there are 10,000 movies about Elizabeth, the first Victoria
1: and Marie Antoinette. And now we're done.
4: Yeah. 10,000 Victoria's 10,000 Marie Antoinette's were done. Uh, maybe one or two about Catherine the great in Russia, but those are basically the only really powerful women in West, at least Western history in the last 500 years, just because we don't have any. Well, and then Rose the queen, you, I mean, now the queen. you
1: hit 20th century and then you have, you have stuff like Iron Lady and, you know, about
2: Yeah, but like, but like royals who are not and content.
4: It's, yeah, it's right. the queen they, and she's been queen for 60 years now, so.
3: Right. Well, I uh, think, like, the, I, like, movies like the Iron Lady and, like, stuff about prominent female political figures, I think, are of a fundamentally different attraction than movies
4: about royals. Right.
3: Yes. Like, I totally. think the draw, because like the people that I can think of that are interested in sort of like the more political leader movies and the movies about royals are a very different audience. Yeah. I fucking hate
4: political movies. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I guess that goes to another question of sort of like, why? What? Why? Why? Why is there this? I mean, both like why? Are, why is there this obsession and this fascination with royals such that we keep remaking all of these movies about them? And then I think also attached to that and maybe connected and part of the reason for it is like why, especially in the United States and really globally, why everyone is really obsessed with British royalty, despite the fact. That it's not our royalty? I'm still, I'm still confused by this, so any guidance is helpful. I mean, the... Sun-
1: well,
4: okay, yeah. yes. Colonialism. But like, as a media,
3: <laughs> I find it really interesting as a media phenomenon, because, like, immediately I think of, like, oh, well, it's, like, celebrity worship, but again, I think it's, like, a thing where it's, like, you know, uh, someone who's interested in Beyonce is not necessarily interested in, like, following the details of Kate Middleton's life. Sure, but there are so many people that would like
1: I think there's a weird thing going on there though because we you have two things i mean we talked about briefly in the blog i mean i said we as a culture. Americans in particular, we but Westerners, but certainly Americans, we are very invested in celebrity as a as a concept. That's that is a thing we do. We we have tabloids for a reason. We you know Beyonce is the queen bee. We we don't have royalty here, so we invented some, and be it you know everything from our musicians like Beyonce to. Gratuitous worship of Kennedys and Kardashians, like the, mm. you know, those they're people whose job it is to be famous, which is effectively what the royalty is now. Nothing but, but even then, it was a large part of it. You are, you know, you are a head of state. You but are. But I think I
3: think that, I think though that the what there's a difference because a lot of people, I think, I think there's a phenomena in that a lot of people that think the sort of worship of the Kardashians or something like that is ridiculous Mm -hmm. will, I mean, I see this a lot in academia. Oh yeah. The people that think that that kind of, that's like stupid or whatever, or they sort of look down on it. Well, unabashedly obsessed, like unabashedly obsessed over the royal wedding. And like, I would agree that those are very different things, but they're not perceived. I don't know that they're different,
1: though. So here's here's where the difference is for me. For me, the difference is a it's a measure of it's, it's a measure of high culture versus low culture. It's easy to laugh at the Kardashians because they they are only like they are only royalty through popular you know, consensus reality. We just decided they were like at the end of the day, the Kardashians are famous for exactly two things. One is that Kim fucked somebody on tape. And two is that their dad was OJ Simpson's lawyer. They're not necessarily great things to be famous for, but that's where their empire starts. I mean, they were rich. But they're notable in the public consciousness empire really starts from Kim's sex tape. And then Seacrest decided, oh, they're interesting. Let's give them a reality show and see how it goes. And then it blew up. But so so we have a low culture kind of appeal to them. They are, they are reality show stars and it's easy to just sort of dismiss that. Whereas we can look at the Royals, the actual Royals, you know, and and by that, I mean the house of Windsor, you know, we can, we can look at those Mm -hmm. people and we can say, oh, there's a legitimacy to them, but the legitimacy is only based on, I mean, it's not. The, the, the legitimacy of the royals isn't based on anything, the crown aside, that Elizabeth did. It's based on a couple hundred years of colonialism that predates her. I, that we just decided I somewhat that. disagree
3: with that. Like, I think that's definitely part of it. And I'm interested to hear what Zoe and Hannah think. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also because when I see the obsession happening, a lot of it is like a celebration that, like, somebody like a Kate Middleton, for example, mm-hmm. is not. The same as a Kardashian. It's like it's like a glorification of manners and of breeding mm -hmm. and this very like I don't I don't know. You guys probably have a better way. She's regal, but that's
0: just
1: because we decided that that's what regal looks like, right? Well,
4: so I yeah go ahead. I'm thinking of a specific scene in The Crown where Cecil Beaton is taking a picture of Princess Margaret for her, whatever. Apparently they do this thing where they take a picture every year of their, and they call it birthday portraits or whatever. I don't give a shit, Um, but he's taking her picture and she's in this beautiful dress and she's like, what the fuck? Who even cares about my picture? Like, what does this even matter? Why do we keep doing this? And he says like a woman, an average everyday woman who has a humdrum, boring life goes to work every day, like lives in her little flat, makes herself tea, Will open up this magazine and see your picture, and suddenly she'll feel like she can be a princess too. And then oh. she'll go out, <laughs> uh, go out, and, you know, that? to see her Who friends. On, Wait
0: a minute. <laughs> put on,
4: you know, put on a new. All. That was like an. Uh. <laughs> yeah, she'll put on a new neckerchief for which she has saved. That's literally the words he uses. And, you know, she'll hold her head higher because she believes that she has gained something from being in touch, being able to see this royalty. Right. Uh, It's right. It's It's the reason they started broadcasting the Queen's Christmas broadcast in the 50s originally was because she was receiving criticism for being seen as too remote. So they started broadcasting her from her home. Hello from Windsor Castle. Merry <laughs> Christmas Impecable to you impersonation. All. I
1: thought she was on the show. Yes, thank you.
4: <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I hope you have all had a lovely Christmas with your families as I have. Uh, you know, which, which humanizes the queen. <laughs> the rest of the podcast in that voice. <laughs> <laughs> I can if you want me to because oh, I love doing it and every British person I know wants to kill me when yeah. I
1: We we, we do have listeners in the UK. I apologize.
4: (laughs) I I, I also apologize, but I'm not going to stop because it's way too fun to do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, Yeah, it's the way to make royalty seem closer, but also in making us in making it seem closer It makes them even more deified, right?
3: Is that part of why the, like, royal weddings are televised and things like that?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Because it sees, oh, my God, they're in our living room. Isn't Meghan Markle totally like me? Isn't Kate Middleton, because she was kind of, you know, kind of a commoner, "Uh, oh, she's totally like me. But at the same time, they're on TV and we're not. And their wedding is $10,000 million billion and ours are, you know, like a couple of tulips and a... Right.
1: Dress. how common is yeah, she, was there, she there was, were, i mean kate's not a commoner like i mean she's rich i mean was like
4: yeah but she's i mean there was a whole big thing she's not titled yeah,
1: well she yeah. Yeah, she yeah. wasn't yeah
4: or was not before getting right. married
1: and megan obviously yeah. is a commoner in that she was an actress on the biggest show in america you know so
0: <laughs>
4: Right, <laughs> yeah, but
0: it's like in makes British more people famous
3: the most minor British royalty, <laughs>
1: right,
4: yeah, and British people, but British royalty like they see that as a big down thing if you don't have a fancy name and fancy mm-hmm. breeding like it's very it was very unusual when Kate and William got engaged. Uh, I remember there being a big fuss because, as like a twelve thirteen year old girl, I paid a lot of attention to this, which is you know it's. American's worship of British royalty, mm-hmm. but it, there was like a big fuss because she wasn't like, you know, a typical, you know, whatever duchess or whatever titled yep. fancy person with breeding from 300 years ago. It's just that she was rich and she went to the same school with, uh, William. Um, right. And
2: the oh other like, kind of, yeah, but the other, like, you know, big tabloid kind of news reports about Meghan Markle, especially are like, Oh, she had to give up her blog. And Oh, she like made queen Elizabeth really mad because she did this horrible thing, wearing pants or, you know, are you whatever. Sure <laughs> Yeah, but, then, you know, but I mean, Prince Royal wedding was literally like kind of a. Yeah, that's exactly. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's wedding. I don't know. I, I, yeah, but it's because that's totally how. I mean, at least that's
4: in. I don't know if that's real. I don't know anything about real royalty because I'm not in the royal family. Uh, so I don't know if this is true or not. I don't want to be sued for slander or whatever the fuck. <laughs>
2: the queen listens to the podcast zoe be careful
4: <laughs> i don't know you know she got a lot of downtime on her hands now that she's old uh she rides a lot of horses she got to do something while she's walking all them corgis um oh, corgi. i know oh they're so adorable. cute corgis. that's like the yeah, only yeah, part
3: so of royal fandom i can really get behind I, is corgi yeah
1: wolf. i can endorse I like the law oh, yeah. oh, on the corgis that one was fine
4: yeah yeah, yeah. corgis are adorbs can but it's sort of like
2: Yes, sorry Yeah, they all
4: have crazy. <laughs> like all of her corgis from the '50s have all had insane names. Yeah, and I wish I'm sure there's a list somewhere, and I want to I'm immediately when we gun finish, gun I'm going to go look at it. Oh, yeah. well, she has like five, or, and apparently they she like doesn't. They're not neutered or whatever, so they'll like they've created their own offspring, and the next generation Aww. will be the offspring of the ones before and like i don't know if she gets a continuous outside line
3: of the same family of corgis forever i think so Katia, i think she, she might is a continuous
1: line of, a th- of the same family forever that's
3: no i know but yeah. they're going to have like the inbreeding of the corgis and it's like yeah. well, i think of, of british royalty
4: i think <laughs> i think like with elizabeth herself occasionally they'll bring in a nice greek prince <laughs> to sort of keep the bloodline from being Weird Egyptian, ancient Egyptian, uh, noses falling off, kind I of. Wanna,
1: I want to know, thing. right? I, so, I want to uh, know what royal no, has the out, job of going. Oh, go
2: ahead to, <laughs> <have this discussion laughs> to, to what I was going to ask after oh, yeah. point out. Oh, right. Oops. Um, sorry. No, that's fine. Real. Uh, <laughs> uh, quick side note uh, the queen has two dorgies, which are ducks and corgis, and their names oh. are Vulcan and Candy.
0: Anyway. Aww. But, so, so
2: to my original <laughs> point before I stop talking about dogs, which is important, too. It's very um, important. Of course. So, like, if Meghan Markle and Kate Milton marry into these super repressive families, and, you know, Meghan Markle gives up all her fun mm-hmm. job things, and every, like, portrayal of royalty takes away sisterhood, precludes multiple, like, usually, like, true love or, like, you know, affairs or whatever, and, like you are in really precarious situations, sexual or not. Is there anything positive in these narratives at all? Or do we just like watch like these tragedies over and over again?
4: I mean, I think if we consider it from the queen's position in the favorite, something like the favorite, I don't think there's anything positive to be said about being a monarch in that story. But also at the time, This is the reason no one really makes movies about Queen Anne is because she was fucking insane and amazing. That
3: entire movie is also it's there's nothing redeeming. There's nothing great about being a monarch, but there's also nothing great about it seems like being a person in that time either. Yeah. yeah, No one
4: like men, women, no one's like having a good time. Yeah. And the only thing that. Really, is positive is that you can go from being someone who's kicked out of a carriage and like shows up in mud and everyone treats you like shit and like somebody makes you clean the floor with lie and you burn your hand to having your own bedroom and like being able to dress like have a fancy dress. So that's the best that you can well, do. She becomes, yeah, a, eventually she becomes a British lady.
1: Yeah, she gets right. the title. Yeah, so she
4: yeah. so she gets comfortable. And that's based even, but even in your comfort, like all the dudes in the film are fucking miserable and really annoying. All you have to do is prostitute Um, yourself to
1: a couple people and you're fine, sure.
4: Yeah.
2: But um, like, I mean, skip forward to the 20th
4: century. Like, all you have to do is marry a prince. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Well, like, all you have to do is be sexy enough to catch the eye of Prince Harry. And then you get to be a princess, even though you have to give up your blogs and all your whatever the fucks, and wearing you wear pants or whatever you're doing.
3: And always cross your ankles <laughs> in public, which I think is, the li- I remember like those lists of like all of the things that like, not just me- not just the women, but like there's this like list of rules of decorum you're mm-hmm. supposed to do when you're in. Oh yeah. Are, in-
4: are insane. Mm-hmm. Like there has, has to, to be like a- training. Like this is. Yes. I lose in my it, mind. There is training. That's yeah. in every like every Hallmark movie mm-hmm. is the pantyhose thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of right. those princess Christmas prince, Christmas princess, princess story. It's always about pantyhose. Please see
1: previous episodes.
4: The <laughs> <laughs> so next time we're going to have a pantyhose episode. Yeah. What is this obsession with pantyhose? Who wears pantyhose? Does, do, does anyone wear pantyhose anymore? I don't know anyone who wears People pantyhose. People my mother's age, I think. Is that for me? i don't know i mean hey no judgments (laughs) sometimes you gotta be warm underneath your pants you know um
1: yeah
0: they really
4: they really you know make your the tone of your legs look
3: nice they're very silky yeah
4: i just saw like one of those things on facebook you know when you watch a video and then a new one pops up after and someone instead of yeah, and someone, instead of wearing pantyhose, was like, beauty hack, and then put foundation all over their legs. See, that seems worse. That seems yeah, worse. It's yeah. everyone in the... And then I immediately looked at the comments, and all the comments were like, this yeah, is insane. What when you sit down? Please don't yes. sit <laughs> on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> And right, people know, being like, "This is what women have to do now," instead of just wearing pantyhose. Right, wearing pantyhose is hilarious.
0: Yeah, you is, could
1: wear pantyhose, this is worse. or and yeah. just spitballing just, here, you could just not care because legs. you're not the princess of England, and no one's going to say anything most of the time. Yeah,
4: so. I prefer. And if you that don't option, want to show your underwear when you're wearing a skirt, and you sit down, wear like I do, bike shorts. Like nobody gives a shit. You know. Uh, or just show your panties because guess what? People wear underwear. Wow. I've seen enough fucking dudes bagging their pants with their boxers hanging out. I know. For someone to get a flash of my, you know, what, American Eagle. The things underwear. I've
3: seen dudes do in public with their underwear is just obscene word. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. It's
2: an yeah, upsetting uh, rabbit speaking, hole. Speaking of rabbits, uh, the favorite
1: have a <laughs> I'm sorry, my, I we, I we keep pushing need, us off no, track. No, we need a transition hey, hey, thing. That was, that was good.
3: That's the that's one really redeeming good. <laughs> quality. See, there we go. That's the redeeming part of the favorite. There are fluffy bunnies and they are adorable. Oh,
4: yeah. Well, you know what they represent, right? Shh. It's not adorable Shh. when I ruin what yeah. they represent. I know what they do. I know what
3: they represent. Just let me have... The, fine okay what about the
1: lobsters or, or the time where they step <laughs> on one of the adorable bunnies
2: oh that, oh, that, the, that, that was, the, was no. an suspense moment in the theater for me i was like breaking josh's hand
4: oh no, really the, oh i, I was about to die because i'm a miserable actually, horrible yeah, person i thought she was gonna crush so the so bunny that, so I thought
1: so that's what and i was again i watched it today in a theater with with four other people of which I was the youngest by approximately 75 years. Um, <laughs>
4: well, what time were you in the theater? Oh, like it's Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's okay. <laughs> They just got back from their buffet lunch, <laughs> like ready to watch a movie. Let's watch the favorites about British
0: people. Uh,
1: cool. I mean, to just sort of go back to one of our, you know, one of the things that we were talking about a little bit ago, what's curious to me, not just that we are obsessed with this movie for, for whatever, not this movie, these types of movies, for whatever reasons, the favorite is interesting to me because I'm not sure who the movie's for, which is me. Yeah. It's a, it
0: it's Well, no, it's, no it's, it's yeah, made, exactly. Academic.
1: Exactly, it, it, it's almost <laughs> as though they went, and I enjoyed it. I, I did enjoy myself there, but they, it's not exactly a marketable. Let's make a movie just well, for yeah. grad students. There's a reason it's years ago. Yeah. But, it, it like yeah,
2: but it was written twenty years ago. It was directed like,
1: last year, uh, and 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 it's yeah. very much it, it's right. very much a it feels. It, it wants to be an Oscar bait movie, which and that's not. That's not. No, no, no. no, that, no I don't. I don't. I don't, not, I don't, that. No, no, I don't mean that as an. In, I don't mean that as an insult. I love Oscar bait movies. No, I. But don't. I mean it.
4: It's not an Oscar. It wants bait to be. It
1: me. wants to be a period drama that like gets attention, no. but it's no. also a comedy. No, it's
3: also no. a weird comedy. Okay.
1: No, I would, I would no, have no, no, and, no, and say no, that the no.
3: people who study this historical
4: period get their say. So what is it? Yeah. Yeah. So I work on literally work right. on historical film. This is takes everything about historical film and flips That's it around point. in order, in order to flip it around. Not just because it's trying to do something different, but because it's trying to show us how fucking stupid depicting history is in that solid, staid okay. way. That way of absolute, like something like Barry Lyndon, which is even oh a fictional
3: like oh, depiction of history
4: where everything is all straight lines. Every mm-hmm. scene is perfectly ordered. Uh, you know, everything is placed in the right way. Uh, nothing is unusual and then it takes that fucking idea and puts a fisheye lens on a
1: scene oh, when
4: the first time that shows up by way, the way the eye
1: lens actually I found that yeah. really disorienting oh, yeah, I, am, I actually didn't like that
4: as it should be it's the point a, yeah. of, it's what the point of the movie is trying mm-hmm. to show is that a staid and, and structural view of history that sticks to guidelines and rules and rulers mm-hmm. uh, isn't a great way to see it, but it's definitely not a feminine way to view it. And something like, you know, the deep focus shots or these fisheye lens shots is a new way of showing or Adapting history, which is what he's trying to sh- say, is that there is another way. But that's my question. Just because it's history doesn't have to mean that the same way we shot it in right. 1965 it doesn't have to look like the King's is the same speech. way we show it's history not, now. It's
1: not Marie Antoinette, it's not the King's Speech, it's not, it's not every no, other one.
2: Look, exactly. Yeah, the, the King's Speech Bane. is an Oscar Bait right. movie. Yeah, exactly. But it but makes you feel sad. Yeah. sad, it makes you yeah. feel yeah. hope mm-hmm. and happy. Yeah. Tearjerker is another example mm-hmm. of what, like another descriptor for Oscar Bait. This is not a tearjerker. Don't I have
1: tearjerkers are. I don't think Tear makes you a Oscar no, bait I was laughing so was the I. whole way through I was this hilarious. movie yes,
2: I know that's what I mean this is but not it, a Tear I, I think, not Oscar I, think I
3: agree with Zoe and Hannah it's not Oscar bait because I think like I mean, I was just remember sitting, sitting and watching that movie mm-hmm. even for people who are like film nerds, film buffs as like film critics are unless you are a sort of like nerd of history or of literature or in some way you have not even like deep knowledge of this period mm-hmm. but like I went. You know, I went with a group of other academics that were primarily of like British history from like you know basically. I, w- I went with a group of of, of
1: Hannahs and Zoe's
4: Basically, of Hannahs and Zoe's, yeah. um, not actually with <laughs> Hannah
3: and Zoe, unfortunately, but a group of Hannah and Zoe's
2: and We can do it again.
4: We well, went, anytime we want to see it
3: again. We were I'm
2: cracking totally up up the up entire time mm-hmm. at things yeah. that
3: no one else was laughing That's my to, point. and we Who's it and for? We resp- But that's my thing. Me. Right. Because I don't, that's why I agree with Zoe is I don't think it's an Oscar-bait movie because I don't even think it was made to appeal to critics because I don't
4: think exactly
1: but oscar baits oscar baiters for the academy no, but, it's the it's the hey we're doing like when i say oscar bait movies i, I mean they're trying to make a movie that's I, like artsy but i don't think it's for them either favorite, they're not. i don't think
3: it was intended to be that i think it was intended to do a thing and i don't think it was necessarily looking for an audience
1: okay yeah, that's, exactly. And okay, and that's so that's probably the, thing the answer def- because I because not what there are enough def- Hannahs and Zoe's in the world to. Ju- I enjoyed the movie, but I'm weird. Wait a minute,
4: okay, <laughs> yeah, Zoe. So the definition of an Oscar bait movie to me is something that takes itself seriously. Oh, okay, I, See, mean, at I the disagree. The baseline, yeah. the very mm-hmm. baseline of everything that's ever won, from Crash to Moonlight, it's that it takes itself seriously and its subject seriously. Mm-hmm. This movie takes nothing I agree seriously. There. Everything is a joke. Everything, even in its jokiness, can be serious, which is why this movie is beautiful Mm -hmm. and perfect. It shows you how a joke can be real and how a joke can have barbs uh, to wound just as much as a joke. An actual funny joke can but it doesn't take itself seriously at all, which is why I think it's not going to win anything. As right. much as I and wish it could win we Best Picture, to... yeah. it will
1: be. I, I think it'll be nominated because, because to me, an Oscar oh for yeah. sure it's oh, going to yeah, be to me not. an Oscar bait movie but... is a movie that it, that goes out of and, and which is again not necessarily a bad thing, but a movie that goes out of its way to announce to specifically the Academy that I am doing I am doing something artsy. Please pay attention to me, and I don't mean that as yeah, I don't mean see, that as an I, uh, insult.
3: I don't see well, that it's movie. Not doing you don't that. Think so? I don't think I think it see is. that movie is doing that.
1: I, I, I think don't think. No, it's I think not. it's
4: if it's I... doing that, it's doing that in a way that kind of says "fuck you."
1: Yes, absolutely, and that's why I think it's weird because if you're gonna.
2: But
4: that's not oscar well, no, but even, Yeah, it's the opposite of oscar bait so? because it's saying, hey, all you old fucking dudes in this thing who think that everything historical needs to be shot like okay. fucking, you that's, know, that's, Barry Lyndon or like Elizabeth the mean. fucking whatever the hell the second one is. Um, <laughs> like, fuck you. I don't have to use straight lenses. I can use a fisheye lens and disorient you. And there can be a scene where the dance scene, you know, in this ballroom is mm-hmm. someone... Fucking down on the floor doing a crab walk, like because <laughs> why not? It doesn't it have that. to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love
0: that it thing. Doesn't that have to so be so weird
4: because
3: especially you can like you could feel everyone else around you being like, "What the Hell fuck yeah. is happening?" Yep. Especially yeah, and like, Zoe yeah.
4: bursting out laughing so, in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to
3: answer your question, I don't think it was made for an audience. I think it was made for a reaction. Like I remember, okay. like I was well, like, yeah, telling yeah, you about yeah. this. Okay, there was a yeah. group of older women that clearly saw this thinking it was a historical drama leaving the theater and they were basically doing the sort of like real life version of the beginning of the film of the oh my stars mm-hmm. because basically <laughs> because basically like sexual like sexual acts between women essentially is what yeah. i gathered. Yeah. But like yeah. i think that is what the film was kind of intended mm-hmm. for it was intended yeah, totally. It was intended to elicit that response. Okay,
1: and then then it, then it succeeds because that's my that's where I was getting at. Like, I don't, I I think it wants to be paid attention to. So that's why I say it's Oscar. It, it is a Hey Academy, pay attention to every
4: film that gets nominated. No, 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 no. Let me finish.
1: But my point is.
4: What film being made doesn't wanna be oh, paid lots attention of them. to you know,
1: they're, they're, every popcorn movie ever just wants to just wants you to come in there and you know pay your I'm, pay pay your money, forget about me next week when you go to see the next popcorn movie. That's fine. And I'm not, I'm saying it's Yeah, but you still, yeah, get, they their still money. get their money. They still want and your I money. think this I right, think this, right, I think this movie wants the Academy to okay. pay attention. It wants the award, it knows it's not gonna get it. I mean, it's not, it's not going to win best picture, yeah. but I, th- and I think it's, cl- yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Academy. I'm crossing
4: yeah. my fingers that miracles, Hey, moonlight happened and that, that was a yeah, miracle I was true. crossing my fingers for. Um, but so, I, but it also but takes I, itself but I, seriously. I think so
1: I felt, like, I felt like it was a movie where it, where it, it's saying, Hey, look at me, everything you believe is stupid. And that's, a, that's a hard yeah. sell to the Academy. It's also doing this thing where it's saying, People who love, it's not exactly a biopic. It's not exactly a comedy. It's not no, exactly, yeah, it's not. Uh, you know, in, in fact, if I, if, if I knew nothing about it, which I didn't like, I thought it was going to be much more of a, uh, of a romantic, like I knew it was good. I knew, oh, no, hell no. no, I mean, not, I didn't know anything going in. Right. So I knew that there was a lesbian love oh, story. Okay. So I okay. thought it was going to be much more romantic than it is. So I don't know that it can make anybody happy except for academic pop culture snobs Nerds. like us. Nerds. And there aren't enough, you know, they're like, I don't know who you're making this for other than make people go, huh? It, it reminds me of, and in a completely different kind of movie, but mother from uh, two years ago. Oh, right. But, like who was mother for? No one. That movie was built for him. <laughs> and that's it. And yeah. and, I, and I don't, and is I mean, that what they're trying to do? Or are they just I trying to like having,
4: Well, well as mean, much as I hate that movie... Well, I don't hate that movie. As much as I think that movie is eye-roll, eye-roll. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and someone can think this is eye-roll, I eye-roll. I but it's like, you know, who do you make movies for, if not for yourself? Mm,
1: that's a good question. Uh, Maybe. Yeah.
4: Like, you shouldn't really think about... And I don't think, if you're familiar with Yorgos Latimos' work, like, everything he makes is kind of... First of all, it's kind of an mm-hmm. F-U to everything in cinema and all critics but also kind of just like joyously for him his own self mm-hmm. like dog is so brutal and beautiful at the same time and just totally out of the blue like came out of the blue yeah it's the same kind of thing where you don't really know how to place it and you're like who who wants to watch this kind of movie? ever has made this kind of movie before? And why is this movie mm-hmm. being made? Like, and there's no answer for any of them. But I think that's who he is as a filmmaker and why I'm so joyously delighted. It's like Paul Thomas Anderson's Phantom Thread, right? It's so Paul Thomas Anderson the whole mm-hmm. fucking time. And it's just kind of joyous that someone takes such a reverence or in Paul Thomas Anderson's case, reverence for their own aesthetic style and their own story so, style. I'm just watching it makes me joyous because I see someone so in love with their own so if self. That's the
0: case, does that <laughs> uh-huh.
1: make this not this being the favorite, not a good example of, you know, a historical period? drama (laughs) the oh
4: it's it's not a good example of a historical drama and it's not it's that's exactly why it's perfect it's because it's taking all of the tropes all of the things that historical drama has done since film and historical dramas became a thing i mean even we could go back into book versions of historical dramas and saying we don't have to do this anymore this shit has already been done for the last a hundred years of cinema since the first fucking Alice Guy Blanche did some shit about Marie Antoinette I don't know if that actually exists I just made that up as a I, fake example if so I, I want to um, believe
1: that the movie is called some shit about Marie Antoinette
0: <laughs> 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 I, I believe but like a sit podcast
4: So it's been a hundred years and like, and we don't have to do that anymore. And we don't have to treat history like this anymore. And we don't have to do this to our female characters. We don't have to do that to our female monarchs of power. Like, this isn't how we don't have to, yeah, or female audiences. We don't have to do any of this shit that we have been doing for the last hundred years. We can make something new and bright and weird and funny Mm -hmm. and sexual and you know and beautiful at the same time well
3: on that note and that proclamation i am stepping in as wayne <laughs> and saying we have solved absolutely nothing
2: as this podcast <laughs> not even the definition of Oscar- <laughs> as this po- this podcast was
0: intended <laughs> uh,
1: uh, I have to isolate that so I can always just play Katia doing that sound. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll just do it
4: again. <laughs>
3: Please do. I will be very excited about that.
4: I actually, so is I actually written, like I learned so a lot. This has like,
3: changed how I thought about a lot of this stuff. So this is actually really yeah, cool. Because I don't have a, a lot of thoughts about royals and things because I just watch them because they're fun because they're completely different from what I work on <laughs> as a pop culture analyst, which is why <laughs> I like
0: them. Nobody...
2: You know what's funny? I study the Victorian period, and if you read Victorian novels, you wouldn't necessarily know that England has a queen. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of true. That's totally fascinating. And now, can we do a show about Victorian novels?
1: We're certainly going to do a show. Oh,
4: don't tell Hannah.
1: <laughs> We're certainly going to do a show about Victorian novels. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of amazed that we haven't. It's sort of it's sort of weird. We've done given who the Four people who are who regularly host this show, we've done surprisingly few shows on comics or Victorians or, or video games. There's been a couple of each. A
0: few video yeah, games. There's
1: been a couple of comic Actually, ones. Yeah.
3: I would be really interested in, you could probably cut this good conversation out, but like, I would be really interested in doing a show because <laughs> I feel like it's similar to this Royals conversation of like, interesting obsessions that keep reoccurring but jane austen mm-hmm.
4: oh i i was oh talking Zoe about
3: this kill and, me we like, will agree to be really the trod ground but i still, I'll, I'll definitely I, talk
4: about I it i haven't but heard i'm gonna kill myself
3: even that's interesting like i would love to know why that's infuriating because it's like i still haven't seen a compelling interesting reason for why that keeps persisting
2: mm-hmm. but you know no, what's neither what's have i, I is that Jane Austen wasn't that popular, right. In
3: her day. Well, that's the same. That's also true of uh, Melville and Moby Dick. And still is not popular, but continues forever because it's the best book ever, and the whale chapters are amazing. And anyone who says otherwise can go fucking themselves. <laughs>
4: yeah. Or also into the nineteenth century, because wasn't it Mark Twain who said, "If I could, if I could, like do anything." in literary history i dig jane austen's bones up and hit her over the head with her own shin bone well, or something like that because they was also like a little grumpy so and bitter about something I mean, but also like so well, i'm clearly you know, not cutting any kind of this out just because this is gold
0: so-
4: <laughs> 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 i love that idea of like hating an author so much you dig them up go back in time and then hit them over the head with their own shin bone uh, for me, that'd be fucking Henry James. Go yes, and yes. eat a big bag you of do dicks. The you cover asshole! Of my dissertation,
3: if I ever get to publish it, it's going to be Henry James with crosshairs on it. And yeah,
1: I was, was really hoping really with, with a big bag. I have of a dicks, dissertation
3: but. on video games
4: that has Henry James, and yes, it makes sense. Anyway, <laughs> no, I mean, no, sorry, Hannah, Hannah. I know you love Henry James.
2: Yes, my undying love for Henry James.
3: <laughs> sorry, Hannah. I can Bryce. you hear the sarcasm? Well, William is. I will say this. Forever and for to everyone, William James is the cool James, and I will fight people on this.
2: Okay, look, any James is better than Henry James. He is the best writer. <laughs> He takes everything fun out of the and Victorian period and throws
4: guys, away. Can nerd. I end the show? Because everybody he's stopped listening fine. already. So. <laughs> that was just,
2: it's that
4: point in the bar conversation where all the nerds are just talking to themselves and no longer oh, are involving absolutely. anyone else in the and conversation. And that's the show. Yeah. So, <laughs>
1: um, thanks for joining us, Zoe. This has been great. Um, if people want...
4: Yeah, you're very I mean, welcome. And you'll be
1: back, I, we, as we've just established. <laughs> but,
4: but if people want to hear you <laughs> rant or you talk, want, or, where,
1: where would they find you online?
4: You can find me on Twitter as at Hedgerows, just like the thing in English Gardens. Mm. Uh, yeah. So
1: come and talk to me <laughs> and you'll be linked in the show notes and palindrome Hannah.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Haley Rogers. Usually having a conversation about something with Zoe,
4: <laughs> <laughs> people who deserve to eat bags of text.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Katia,
3: as always, you can find me and usually by sewing and nerd adventures on Instagram at just that nerd kid. And other than that, I have pretty much disappeared from the internet for the remainder of my dissertation. <laughs>
4: Oh man, that's really smart. I should have done yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I won't nah. say that it's it's nah. good for your mental health, but you know, it's a point. Nah, nah. I need I to just, see the memes, man. I need to see the memes. <laughs> right. I yeah. just threw my ideas on Twitter. I haven't cut
3: out Reddit and especially the, the subreddit of, of like aww cute things. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. Aww. All right. Well. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Chris Maverick. You can find the show on Twitter at Vox Popcast. You can follow my blog at www.chrismaverick.com and the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com. If you've enjoyed this nonsense for the last hour or so, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Reviews help other people find the show, and they make us more popular in some magical, mystical way that we do not understand at all, but is apparently really, really important. So please do it, because otherwise I cry. And I mean, some of us who actually know how algorithms work actually do understand maps. So speak for yourself. I actually know how algorithms work, but they don't publish it. That's like the magic of the iTunes algorithm. No oh, one, no okay. one knows how it works. It's really magic.
2: And also, I don't cry if you don't give us a review, so also speak for Yeah,
4: base. it's just I me. Said
1: me.
0: <laughs> yeah, but just I'll, there cry.
4: I'll cry if my mom right. doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Cool. At least my mom. Okay, Zoe's
3: mom is going to give us a five-star review on on iTunes.
1: Uh, Yay! Yay, Zoe's mom! Uh, I would like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song that is playing us out right now and building ever so more epically as we reach the end of the show. I would like to thank you uh, for listening, and once again thanks, Zoe, and we will see you all next time. Goodbye!
0: Let them eat cake. That's such nonsense. I would never say that.